This weekend, uh, yesterday, I went to Fitzgerald, Georgia. Didn't know where Fitzgerald was until yesterday, but I do now. But they asked me to come and speak, and the topic they gave me was to seek ye the old paths. And I thought we'd spend a couple minutes just kind of, I'm not going to try to reduplicate everything I did yesterday. Breathe easy, okay? But, but my, whole, my thought process was thinking about Jeremiah chapter 6. And that terminology of seek ye the old paths. And, you know, that's in the Bible, right? But, but it's something like when we hear it, it's like, well, maybe, maybe it might make us think about uh, maybe about our grandma or what our grandparents thought, you know, well, you ought to be doing this or you ought to be doing that. And, you know, to be quite honest, to be quite honest, there, there are some things that my grandma had right and there are some things she wasn't perfect in, Right. So I don't know necessarily that I want to do everything the way that, that, I mean, I want to do fried okra the way that she did it, but I don't want to do everything the way, the way that she did it. But sometimes we might think about traditionalism, right? Traditions can be really good. We've got, we've got a lot of traditions, and I think a lot of those are good traditions. Uh, but traditionalism, that's when, that's when we're not talking about my traditions, but we're talking about your traditions and you, and you, and you putting your traditions onto me. I'm not so much about that, Right? You guys have traditions? With Thanksgiving, Christmas coming up, do you have traditions? Like, the, it must be this way because this is the way that we've always done it? Y'all got stuff like that? Yeah, I love stuff like that, right? But all of a sudden, if I start taking my traditions and putting them into your house, and you think, well, who are you? Right, so now, but that, that's not what the text is talking about here at all. Sometimes we think uh, uh, about, well, we're going to go back to the 1950s, uh, to the 1960s or 1940s or however you want to date yourself. It's not what we're talking about at all. In, 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 in Jeremiah chapter 6, in Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16, the, the, the prophet is going to say, stand, stand, in, stand in the ways and see, and ask or seek the old paths where the good way is, and walk in it, and then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. See, all this is written in a context of a people that were about to be carried away into captivity. And I have a hard time even wrapping my mind around what that would be like if there was an invading army that was coming and they were going to rip you and your family away from your home and everything that you've known. I have an even harder time picturing, picturing if that action were actually a punishment from God for our unfaithfulness. But that's exactly what Jeremiah is writing about. And he's writing to a people who, who are incredibly sinful. Now, sometimes people ask about, do you think, you know, things are getting worse, things are getting darker? Do, do you think it's as bad today as it was in the times of Sodom and Gomorrah? Well, but, but, but I mean, and I, we asked that question, but, you know, I'm looking around this room, and I'm, I'm thinking I can find ten righteous people, right? I'm thinking if you want to put the test there that, that God gave that, that, that God uh, gave to Abram, I can find ten righteous people. I'm thinking I can find around 100 folks, right? At least, even in, even in this room. So, I don't know if it's as bad as it was in the, in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, but I do, believe, I do believe that we're facing a similar situation that they were facing in the book of Jeremiah. Where we have a culture and we have a society that doesn't even know what sin is. If, if, you're, there, if you're there in Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 13, he, um, he, he says to the people, Therefore the showers have been withheld, and there has been no latter rain. You are 
Or, or you are as a harlot's forehead, for you refuse to be ashamed. Uh, what one translation says, you have the brazen look of a prostitute, for you refuse to be ashamed. That's pretty rough language, isn't it? I mean, I've, I've said, I mean, I think I've said some pretty pointed things from the pulpit before, but I'm trying to picture what it would be like if I told, I said, you just look like a bunch of prostitutes out there. That that's, what, that's what Jeremiah said to the people. And what he was trying to get at was this idea of, you, you, you're not ashamed of your sin. You don't hide your sin. You're proud of your sin. See, it, it, sin is not new. Sin is, always has been, always will be. But, but there were times in which, which sin at least would hide itself. It would know enough to go into the corners, into the shadows, into the darkness. But, but now we're dealing with sin, and people are, instead of hiding their sin, they're, they're celebrating their sin. Go ahead and try to talk about people's sin and see what kind of reaction you get. How dare you? How dare you talk about my choices and my way of life? And, 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 and instead of being in the back alleys, we have parades on Main Street celebrating sins. That, that, that's the kind of stuff that he's talking about. Over to Jeremiah, 6 and ver, uh, to Jeremiah 6 and verse 15, he asks about the people. He says, he says, were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall amongst those who fall. At the time that I punish them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. See, what, the context of Jeremiah 6 is a people that are struggling with morality to the point that they didn't even know how to blush. They didn't know sin when they saw it. Now, sometimes we talk about the innocence of a child, and a child won't know sin when, he, when they see it, right? Like Adam and Eve in the garden. They were naked and unashamed. They, they, they didn't even know what sin was. We, we're, we're not Adam and Eve, and we're not little babies either. We're talking about people that are very much involved in sin all around them, but they don't even know what it looks like. More and more, I think we're talking to people that, that didn't grow up with godly parents. They didn't grow up going to Sunday school. They didn't grow up hearing gospel preaching. And so they're involved in all sorts of sin, and they don't even know it. They don't even realize that they ought to be embarrassed. They don't even know how to blush. You think about our culture and the things that we are facing in our culture. I'll tell you something that was uh, uh, something that said a, a load to me about our culture. Um, several years ago, there was a, a presidential debate. I could never be a politician, right? I mean, I'd never get elected. And everything that you say is like put under a microscope, right? everything that you say and and one one misstep here or misstep there and like it's not just your political career can be over like your your life can be over right as far as a lot of people are concerned it's just I, I couldn't imagine it well imagine running for president and and we, we were watching this presidential debate for, for the whole nation one of the presidential candidates gets up and very adamantly tells the nation that he would absolutely fight for the rights of eight-year-old boys to transition to a different gender. Like physically, like having surgery type of stuff. I would stand up for the right to do that. When he said that, I thought, oh, <laughs> he just said it. I mean, I thought, I thought that maybe people believe that, but he said it out loud. He's done. He's done. 
Because in my mind, here's, here's, here's what I want us to understand, that, that God has created them male and female. And, and that sort of activity where you take a little child and you mutilate their genitalia and you understand what that's... If, if there's an adult that does that, to me, that's when you call the police. That's child abuse. And child abuse is the good word for it because the bad word for it is sin. That's just a horrible thing for someone to do to one of their children. Do you know what happened? what happened? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Like this extreme statement, right? Not even about an extreme topic, but an extreme topic as it related to eight-year-old boys. Nothing happened. There There wasn't even an outcry. Nobody even really talked about it the next day. And I thought, oh, oh, they did not even know how to blush. Jeremiah says, again in chapter 8, were they ashamed because of the abomination they had done? Oh, they certainly were not ashamed. They did not know how to blush. On and on, you, you see this theme. You guys get the point? And his remedy, his remedy is this. This is where Jeremiah 6 and verse 16, and verse 16 comes in. Here's the remedy. Stand in the ways and ask for the old paths. Ask for the old paths. I want you to look at life. I want you to look at culture. I want you to look at the things that are going on around us. And I want you to say, not what is the, not, not what is the culture saying, not what are all my friends saying, not, not, not what did my grandma say, not, not what is our tradition. Don't. When he's talking about the old paths, he's saying, I want you to ask, what does God say? What has God said about these things? What does the Bible say? Seek the old paths. Seek the will and the way of God. That's what he's saying to the people. But because, but because they had not, that was going to lead to, to their punishment. And we could go into all, any number of moral issues that plague us as a society. I, I, only, I drew, drew out those couple because those are front and center in our world today, right? I mean, you can't hardly turn on the TV without dealing with, with, some, with some of this stuff. Uh, but we could, we could add social drinking to the list. We could add adultery to the list. We could add fornication to the list. We could add abortion to the list. Uh, what, whatever, whatever it is you're dealing with, I'm just asking you when you're dealing with these issues to say, what does God say about that? How does God view those things? And then don't just answer the question, but, but, but he says, here's what I want you to do with the answer to the question. Jeremiah 7 and verse 2. He says, I want you to stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word. I want you to say it out loud. This is the solution. You see, the world doesn't care what you believe. You can believe whatever you want between your ears. Most people in the world do not care. Do you know when the world gets really upset about what you believe? When those words start coming out of your mouth whether it's from a pulpit or it's at Thanksgiving dinner or it's in the workplace or it's in general conversation that we're having with our friends. That's when, it, that's when the world starts to push back. How dare you say those things? And if you don't believe me, go ahead and just start talking about what God says about any number of moral things in the world today. Go in the work tomorrow and, and you know, I'm not, don't try to pick a fight with all the humility and love you have within your heart, just start talking. You said, you know, the Bible says, and just, just quote Scripture. 
you're going to find in our world that's going to be a challenge. But that's exactly what we're called to do. And that's the only way that we begin to turn the tide. Because as I said before, there are many people, they don't know. And I'm not looking at them. I'm not looking at everyone saying, well, you know what's right and you just don't care and you're going to do what you want. Well, I think we're far beyond that to people many times who just don't know. And the only way that they're going to know is if we share these things with them, with our words, not, not, not with our telekinesis where we're like, if, I, if I'm in their presence long enough and they'll figure out what morality is, that, <laughs> that doesn't work. We have to proclaim these things. He says, proclaim them in the gate of the Lord's house. Hear the word of the Lord. Seek ye the old paths where the good way is. See, he's not, he's not, trying, to, he's not trying to hurt anybody. Sometimes when we, we get into these issues of morality, we, it's almost like we're, people think we're trying to hurt them. God's not trying to hurt us. He's trying to help us. He's, try, he's trying to say, listen, this is where the good way is. If you want to have hope, real hope. If you want to have peace, if you want to have joy, these things are found in the paths of righteousness. You go out there and, and, and you can live as man wants to live by the flesh, pursuing his own appetites. Listen, that brings you to a place of, uh, of great sorrow and of great pain over and over and over again. Most of us have lived and we have seen it and we've experienced it. He says, what I want for you, I want to bring you to the good ways. So you seek the old path where the good way is and walk in it. And there, and then, you will find rest for your souls. I'm trying to give you rest. I'm trying to give you peace. You see the last, see the last verse? But they said, we will not walk in it. The sad thing is that many people just say, well, I I don't really care about that. I see what you're saying. I'm I'm convinced of what the Bible says, but I don't care. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And that's the right. God's not going to make us follow him. Sometimes I wish he would. And then I wish he wouldn't. And then I wish he would. Right? I don't know exactly how, but, but, he's, but the truth is he's not going to make us. We have to choose it. We have to choose to follow him. We have to choose to humble ourselves. We have to choose to, to repent of sin. We have to choose when, we, when someone decides they're going to be baptized into Christ. We have to choose to walk in his light. But if we will choose it, he says, I will walk with you. And we will walk, we will walk to a place of rest. It's a call to return to the ways of God. And that's the same call that we receive every time we send the invitation. You seek the old paths. You seek God's path in your life. If you have a need, you come as we stand and as we sing.